I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's a tradition like no other, the Masters. Jordan Spieth broke his winless streak last week. Can he win another major? And can Dustin Johnson defend his title from November when they last played the Masters? How is the course different during the traditional date in April and who are the favorites Justin Thomas what about John Rahm the azaleas are in bloom and we've got Bob Herrig the golf writer for ESPN.com from outside beautiful Butler cabin to talk to us about the Masters I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick before we get to Bob from Augusta Steve, the Rays stunk it up again they lost uh, the matinee nine to two to the Red Sox they've been swept now by Boston. They came into that series with a pretty good winning streak, um, you know, at Fenway Park. But man, there was just really, this was a disastrous series. And, you know, uh, they're off today before opening at home Friday against the New York Yankees. They certainly could use the day off. Uh, look, Yarby's pitched. I, he, he started out okay, um, but, you know, gave up some runs early. And then the defense, this is the thing that that is, I think, if you're a Rays fan, you'd be well, there's three things. They're not doing anything well right now. They're not pitching particularly well. We know that, except for Tyler Glass now. Um, and they're, they're not catching the ball, which is really disturbing because pitching and defense go hand in glove. That's what the Rays formula has always been. And right now, at least, the offense is nowhere. And I know they got Kiermaier out. They got some injuries. But you put all that in a bundle, and you've got a 2-4 and four start, and they're every bit the 2-4 and four team they appear to be. Yeah, they've earned that two and four record. It's not mm. a you know, it's not a fluke at all. Mm. Um, Glass now has pitched well. Everyone else, you kind of go, ooh. I mean, Yarbrough's first start was good. Today was not. Um, you and I were talking before we started recording, and I'm not panicked on the Rays because I I trust that over the course of time, their projections, their numbers are probably going to be closer than than not. I mean, that's just kind of the way baseball kind of does. You can't judge a season by a week. But I'm wondering if they have enough arms that are good enough. I mean, you've lost Morton and Snell off this staff that ate a lot of t- a lot of innings, and you're replacing them with guys like Waka and Hill and Archer and, and, and others, and Colin McHugh, and you're hoping that you're going to put those guys in the right positions to, to perform well. But there's no easy innings. It just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they, they. There's not a lot of one, two, three innings on the staff right now. No, it, it seems like there's runners on every inning, and it's you know D- Dave and Andy. I was listening to them today. You know, call the game, and it, you know they said there's no there's no clock in baseball, but if there was a time of possession, you know, it sure seems like they're on the field a lot more than the a other lot. Teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's not a good thing when you're on the field more and and they're at the plate more. You know, time wise. That's not good, and, and it hasn't been good for the race so far this year. Yeah, it does feel like they're not at, at the plate very much, as you mentioned, and that's because they're not hitting. They're not getting guys on when they do. They're not getting them in. Um, and, and it just they, – they, 
you know, this whole series, they, they were unable to really turn it. You know, it's a little like hockey when you're chasing, you know, you, you don't score the first goal and then you start to press. We've seen the lightning go through their spell, but at, at no juncture have they really, you know, outside of the opener, you know, Meadows hits a home run glass now pitch is great. Um, they're a bullpen, but you know, blowing that lead the other night um, in the extra innings was tough. Well, three times they they blew it in the ninth, the eleventh, and the twelfth. Yeah, it was it was horrible, and it, it was horrific the way it went down. And then, of course, the misplay in right field, that ball probably should have been caught. Rosarena got turned around. There's just there's nothing easy. You know, the fielding isn't easy. Um, Willie Adamas, you know, with, with you know with a with a throwing error, but maybe a, a better first baseman helps them out. You know, like. There's, there's, it's just so disjointed right now, and no one's playing well, and no one's swinging the bat particularly well. So it's, it looks bad, and that's the way it can look. And you will have stretches like this every year. It's just when they come, you know, in the first six games, uh, and four in a row, that doesn't exactly breed confidence. Now, you know, they could come home. They're going to raise two pennants on Friday. The Yankees are in town, so you can bet they'll be gunning for them. And maybe they'll feel them, you know, they'll, they'll run the highlight film and say, Hey, we're pretty good. We, you know, remember, I remember how that felt and they'll go out there and they'll mash somebody, but the pitching is going to be the thing. It's always been the thing. And there's just a lot of hope, you know, when you're, when you're hoping that Rich Hill has enough left in the tank at his age, when you're hoping that Chris Archer, that his second act will be better maybe than, than when he left uh, and, and he's coming off arm surgery Colin McHugh has done virtually nothing. You don't have a closer, so you're hoping that Diego Castillo won't blow saves like he did the other day. So there's just a lot of hope, and and it's not it's not really production, and 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 it's bad ball. I mean, it's you know throwing the ball away, and um, you know just just not playing sound baseball, getting getting picked off at times, like bad base running. They had mistakes the other night, so. Um, doesn't look good. They don't look like the American League champions. They're gonna have to remember who they are, uh, and they're gonna have to. You know, it's gonna take some leadership too. You know, like that was the other thing. You had guys like Charlie Morton who had been there, done that. You know, he was the guy that was uh, gonna stop the losing streak, or he could get out of those jams if they got guys on base. Um, there was a lot more confidence in who they were running out there, and of course, if you got a lead, you had that that stellar closer, but. I, I don't know. They they don't – I know a lot of the faces are the same. They desperately need a first baseman. Um, they're not hitting. And so it's uh, it all looks bad when it looks bad. But, hey, as they say, they play 162. And um, and you were you were mentioning, like, like last year was, was a similarly bad start in its own right. So, before, yeah, before we bury them. So last year they lost the opener to the Blue Jays at home. Mm-hmm. They then won the next four at home, two more mm-hmm. against the Blue Jays, and then the Braves for two. So they were four and one. They then go on the road. They lost two in Atlanta and got swept in Baltimore in three games. So they were four and six at that point, right? They were four and six with a five-game losing streak on the road. And that road trip, they did not look very good. Mm-hmm. Four of the five games, they give up five runs or more. And there was talk of what, you know, and this is on the 60-game schedule. So that was one-sixth of the way through their season. They were four and six and looked awful. And they turn that around. So yeah. you can't judge baseball in one, one week because no. you're going to no, have a can't. bad week mm-hmm. several times throughout a season. I mean, it just it's the way it is. 162 games, you're playing five to six games a week, sometimes seven. Particularly on the road. It's, Particularly yeah, when you're losing yeah. on the road. Mm-hmm. 
So now they get to come home Friday. They get to raise a couple banners. Mm-hmm. It's the first time they've had fans at home in front of them since the playoffs. What, two years ago against Houston? Right. That's right. Those two great games. The electricity like none other, like yes. we've never seen. And, yeah. and, and you hope, granted, there's only going to be 7,000 fans in the stands, but mm. you hope it's going to be a lot of that same electricity. Right. No. Now, some, now, the Yankees are in the building, so we'll some see. Some will be we'll rooting see. for yes. the Yankees. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So, But, yeah. you know, let's see, how, let's see how they respond now after taking a few punches to the gut this week. I mean, it's, you know, they started off. 2-0 and it looked great and now they've lost four in a row and let's see let's see how they respond. I mean that's what baseball is is it's 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 definitely a marathon not a sprint. And and they've been through this before and they do have experience. So let's let's see how let's see how they react and, and how they adjust and you know unfortunately the hitting looks kind of like it did in the playoffs outside of Rosarina. It really does. I mean you know they weren't hitting in the playoffs at all granted they had better pitching to back it up particularly yeah. in the starters at that point. So, yeah. So we'll, Brand, we'll see. Brandon I mean, Lau you know, is in a, you know, the, you know, some of the guys you're counting on, I mean, you, Meadows had a couple home runs in the first series, but you know, Brandon Lau needs to hit, you know, um, and, and whether he hits home runs or not, Meadows needs to hit. And, you know, Randy's done some nice thing. Margot is actually off to a decent start. Yep. Um, you can get to count on him with Kiermaier out now. Right. Exactly. And you, so you got that problem. So, you know, it, it's again, it's baseball. I get it. I I'm a little nervous because I think their bullpen is 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 if not an issue, it's certainly below their their standard that they set, which was really high a year ago. But first, you have to get a lead before you can protect it. You know, you need guys to come out and and support them. But uh, right now, it's just like they're just out there chewing up innings, you know, and and hoping that you know in a game that's probably out of hand that they don't burn through too many pitchers. So. Been hard to watch, but we'll see what they do when they open against the New York Yankees on Friday at the Trop. Uh, mention this real quick, and, and Bob Harrig is coming up from Augusta, uh, ESPN's golf writer. Tom Brady was on Good Morning America. He filmed this apparently when he went to Disney. I know you've probably seen on TampaBay.com and elsewhere him with the lightsabers, uh, you know, fighting uh, whoever they fight in Star Wars these days. Uh, so – he sat down with Michael Strahan and Strahan and him are not only friends, they're business partners. They actually own a media company together, but that aside, not a lot of revelations. Uh, Tom's always good in these interviews. And, you know, I thought that uh, it's, it's always interesting to see how he's still driven by doubters. I mean, you know, those who say he can't do something is, and I think as much as anything, you know, Strahan played, you know, sort of a montage of announcers saying Tom Brady's washed up. He's not going to win in Tampa. Bill Belichick, you know, and and you could just kind of see, you know, Brady. He he he. That's fuel to him. He thrives off of that. Um, and so they touched on that a little bit. And he said, "Look, I you know, I I still have this obsession about throwing a football. Like I, even though he's won all these championships, he's not done yet. He knows when he finishes playing, he can't come back and play again. So he wants to." you know, literally suck, you know, as much marrow out of his career as he can. And, um, and he can't blame him for it. Talked about his training in Alex Guerrero and all that. His family's been traveling. They've been skiing. They've been to Costa Rica. They went to the Middle East. I mean, talk about, you know, hey, you got a private jet for me ready. I'm ready to go. So they've been doing all of that. And, and it was interesting, too, what he said a little bit about BA and, um, 
you know, his relationship with him, just, you know, how he's not Belichick, but that there's a lot of, what he learned is there's different ways to do things and not that one's better than the other, but refreshing would be a word I think he would agree with. And he said, you know, in New England, he had been there for so long that whenever anybody came to the team, whether it was a rookie or a free agent, they were always the, you know, the guy that would introduce themselves to him because he had been there so long and uh, he had to, you know, um, sort of be the one that was welcoming everybody. But he said, when I went to Tampa, I was the new guy and, and I was the guy that um, was coming to their team. And so it was totally different. People weren't coming up to me. I was going up to them. Um, but he really clearly enjoyed winning, talked about the boat parade, that sort of thing. It was a fun interview, not, not, not a ton of revelations. He says, um, you know, that uh, he's doing well and, 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 he, and he, he's approaching. He goes, you know, the thing about football is no one cares what you did last year. And he goes, that's the way I approached it last season, and I'll be approaching it again that way this year. You know, we've, you know, we've got to climb the mountain again and all that, and, and he's going to go into it. Um, trying to prove that that uh, he can win another one, so it's a uh, it's a good interview. Um, enjoyed listening to him. You know, that's uh, pretty much the extent of it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. It's a tradition like no other. You have to talk to Bob Herrig when it's Master's Week. And so we're going to do that from beautiful Butler Cabin. No, I have you ever been? I wanted to ask you this. I, I've not been to Augusta. It is on my bucket list. I can't believe I live this close and haven't gone. Um, where have you? Where have you not been in that at that golf club? Have you been to Butler Cabin? Have you been to all these majestic places? No, uh, Rick. Unfortunately, I have not. Um, you know, I've stood right outside it. I've stood right outside the Eisenhower Cabin. Mm-hmm. I've stood out there for forlornly maybe hoping somebody would invite me in <laughs> um and uh no it's never happened i mean like if you if you can picture it or if you do see pictures um the one that is basically almost directly to the left of the 10th tee if you're if you're looking down the fairway that one's called the eisenhower cabin or ike's cabin and that's mm-hmm. where President Eisenhower stayed when he came here. And it's bigger than the others because they had to outfit it for the Secret Service. Um, it would probably be really cool to get a tour of that place. Um, but, you know, I've asked players of their stories like on the TVs, Masters highlights run on them. Um, you know, they have they have bedrooms and kitchens and they're they're very like modestly appointed, but they're nice. You know, mm-hmm. and then there's one off a little farther down off the 10th tee called the Jones cabin. That's Bobby Jones. You know, when he was alive, that's where he stayed whenever he was on property and which was a lot. So, uh, and then there's probably, I don't know, there might be 10 or 12 more. They're sort of back behind the, to the left of 10 and they mm. all look like they've been there for 75 years. So even if, even when they build new ones, they build them to look like the old ones. 
So no, I've never been there. I've been in the clubhouse many times now during COVID. We're not allowed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in the, um, in the locker room. We're allowed in the locker room. The champions locker room is off limits to the media, but I've been invited in a couple times. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, you know, other than that, you know, obviously I've traversed probably every speck of the golf course over the years and, uh, that, that never gets old. I can't imagine what that's like. And you've actually had an opportunity to play it too before, right? Yeah. Um, I've been very fortunate four times and, Mm. um, and, uh, that's, you know, the treat of all treats, obviously, um, the, you know, of course, it's like a, a first world problem it, to play the Monday after you've worked at the Masters <laughs> is like, it's like, you know, it's you're sort of like, man, I couldn't be in a worse position to try to play golf and walk. You know, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It is a haul. It's a hoof. Mm-hmm. Very, very hilly. Way more hilly than TV makes it look. For mo- those of us who mostly don't walk playing golf because golf carts are the only thing we're allowed to do, um, to walk a golf course like this. Mm. And then you're kind of nervous. I mean, you're like on this kind of sacred ground. You don't want to be chopping it all over the place. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it's, believe me, it's, it, it, I've played in like it rained the whole time. It, it's terrific no matter what. It's just really cool. Yeah, I I can't imagine. I could not, literally could not get it off the first tee, even if I was playing a lot. I couldn't do that. I'd be too nervous for sure. Um, let's let me ask you before we get started. Of course, one one golfer that's not there will be Tiger Woods, and the whole world was, you know, held hold its held its breath. Uh, you know, when when Tiger had the accident in California, I know not a lot is known about his condition, um, but it it must be. He must be talked about this week as much as any week, right? Five-time Masters champion not being there seems weird. I saw where Fred Couples said something about that the other day. So what do we know just in general about about Tiger's uh, condition and how he's doing? And, um, you know, I, I guess golf is the furthest thing maybe right now from from where he's headed. Yeah, I mean, it probably is. Um, Justin Thomas said today that uh, – um, he actually visited him last week and I take that to be a good sign. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he would allow somebody to come see him, not that Justin Thomas is going to tell us everything about how he looked, but yeah. you know, I think if it were, you know, like if it were so bad that, um, that he, you know, he, he wouldn't let somebody like that visit, you know, somebody that's kind of, even though they're friendly, you know, it, it, it's, it, it might've been a while. So that's a good sign. He also um, he also said that you know he's been dismayed by some of the conjecture about his injuries and what might mm-hmm. be going on and and I take that to be a good sign like so maybe mm-hmm. that means things aren't as dire as they've been portrayed of course though you know Tiger's camp uh, sort of you know doesn't help by not telling us anything so right. um, so obviously speculation runs when there's no real news. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, the injuries that have been reported are bad enough. Right. Uh, it sounds like his right foot has been hurt pretty badly. There's a lot of broken bones. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the broken bones in his leg are going to heal, you know, the femur and there was a rod placed in there. Mm-hmm. I think the concern is more the foot, you know, and how is that going to come back? And, you know, he's, 
he's, uh, what is he? He's 45 now, you know, mm. um, you're talking a year from now, if he's ready to play, he'll be 46. And will he really be play, ready to play? I mean, it's golf is kind of a tough one to even think about at this point. It's six weeks ago today that the injury occurred or that the accident wow. occurred. And, um, you know, it's, it's obviously months, months and months ahead, but, uh, you know, trying to, trying to hope for the best. I think you just want him to have a good quality of life. That's the irony to me is four years ago, actually it would have been like four years ago around this time is when he just right after the 2017 masters, which he couldn't play is when he had the spinal fusion surgery that was sort of make or break. I mean, it was going to possibly end his career or, or allow him to, to have a chance, mm-hmm. but he didn't do it for the golf. He did it for quality of life. You know, he just right, couldn't, right. He, he just was miserable. You know, he could barely move. And so it took care of that. And, and then you have something like this happen, you know, which is mm-hmm. almost ending of life. And, uh, you know, he's been, he, he's been through a lot when it comes to injuries. That's for sure. Yeah, certainly has, but he's gained perspective from that. I know he will uh, in this instance. I wanted to ask you, uh, and I promise we'll get to this week's Masters, um, but in golf in general, and look, you cover it for a living, so none of this has been normal, right, in terms of, um, you know, the lack of access, Zoom calls, all of that. We've all sort of experienced that. But for the players themselves, um, what was 2020 like in the sense that, there were no fans for the most part um, or very few. And, you know, golfers, even though they're singularly focused on every shot, uh, they're performers. And I wonder, did it hurt some? Did it help others? What what was the adjustment that they had to make being on the course without the galleries? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good question. I mean, I think these guys all miss fans and miss the, the commotion. And um, certainly I, I thought that the – that it offered a unique look um, because this place is typically packed mm-hmm. and it's one of the hardest places to see anything. Frankly, you know, there's so many people you have to really work hard to, you have to really work hard to, uh, to see, and, you know, you have to maneuver and you might be trying to get in grandstands. And last year they didn't even have ropes up. I mean, mm-hmm. those of us who were out there, you could walk right up to a T. I mean, I'd be, you know, five yards from a guy hitting a tee shot. It was, that was pretty cool, but you know, it, <laughs> it kind of got old after one day, you mm-hmm. know, you like the noise, you like the cheering, you like the sound. Um, certainly I think that was a benefit. There was a couple of young guys that were up there behind Dustin Johnson, um, Cameron Smith and, um, Sung J M a golfer from South Korea. You know, they were, they were close, and I think not having that noise and that pressure probably helped them. Playing the back nine on Sunday when you're in contention at the Masters is a nerve-wracking deal. Yeah, and they're just going around, around like it's a member guest, you know. <laughs> and I'm sure they felt the pressure, but you just if you, you're not human if you don't hear it, you're not here you're human if you don't hear the cheers going up for somebody somewhere else that you know they've done something big, and so. It's not going to be normal this year, but it's going to be better. And there's going to be seven, eight, ten thousand people here. They they won't say it's just going to be all by guess. But you know, I've seen a good number here during the practice rounds. Um, they're going to have one of the uh, merchandise things open. Um, it's it's a little bit more back to the way that you that we're all sort of hoping it gets 
to here pretty soon with, you know, with the team sports being able to bring people back. They're, 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 they're just unlucky here in that, you know, when they postponed to November back in April of last year, basically the week of what was supposed to be the Masters last year is when they said, we're going to wait till November. Mm-hmm. And you know they thought everything would be fine by then. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to think that a year later it's still not fine to the point where they can have a full house. Yeah. I mean, people have to wear masks watching this even outside, you know. So, um, so it's uh, you know, but obviously it's there's bigger problems than that in the world. But but in terms of sports, it's been uh, you know it's been it's it's in a, in a golf tournament like this, it's it's been disappointing. Obviously, it's just not the same. Yeah. Well, it is a cathedral. You know, Dustin Johnson won uh, this tournament uh, that you mentioned played just back in November. Um, I'm curious how, you know, maybe the azaleas weren't blooming, but how different was the course? How differently did it play the conditions than than they will experience uh, traditionally, um, you know, this week? Yeah, it's a big difference. I mean, most of them said you have to kind of throw everything out from then. In mm-hmm. fact, they said in November you had to throw everything we we know about it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, um, you know, agronomy being what it is, it's different in, in November than it is in April. Uh, and, I mean, you could say that for Florida. So, mm-hmm. but, I mean, here especially, because of the way they operate, they, they close in the summer. And, uh, you know, they, they, they let the 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 fairways basically go dormant you know in fact they they sometimes will actually shave them shave them off and let them mm. regrow and so they they have a bermuda grass uh fairways like we have in florida but they overseed them with rye uh, mm. in the fall which is what makes it look green um and you know we do that too and down down in florida you know that's that's why in the winter time when you drive by a golf course and it's all green it's because because of the ryegrass has been planted. Well, they put it down in September usually, and it takes a little while for that to get to take hold and mm-hmm. to get to get solid. And uh, in November, it just wasn't quite as it is now. You know, it's had another five months to come in. Even if they have cold weather, it's different than it is in November. It was a little thin. It was kind of soft. They got rain. The greens were soft. Mickelson talked about this today. He said. You know, the greens are nothing like they were in November. You could hit shots that weren't going to move. He goes, that's not the case now. Now, we've had really nice weather all week. Um, It got cold over the weekend, uh, and it was windy, so that dries it out. There's been no rain yet. There probably will be some. But, I mean, a firm, fast golf course is always what separates um, the best players. Because when it's soft, even though it plays longer, your miss hits are going to stop. They're not going to roll through the fairway. They're going to stop mm-hmm. on greens. Whereas the best players who strike at the best have to, and are the most precise, they are the ones who are going to, going to benefit uh, because uh, you can't mess around too much on these greens. If you miss them, they're going to go off. Right. It's, it's uh, and we've watched through the years how with Tiger Woods, it was about knowing where to miss as much as knowing, um, you know, where to, where to attack flags and things like that. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, I watched, uh, with, with great interest last, uh, weekend Sunday, as a matter of fact, Jordan Spieth win a golf tournament, which doesn't sound like it should be a headline, but it is. And, you know, it, it, I didn't realize how long he had gone, how many 
tournaments he had played without winning because all you remember is him having three major titles by the time he was, what, 25 years old, it seemed. Um, and we've I've seen him struggle. You know, the putting uh, got away from him a lot of his whole game. I think he had to sort of recraft. But where is he now and, and sort of what process has he had to go through to, to get himself uh, back in the champion circle, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it was a long time. I mean, he was number one in the world. He won two majors in 15. He contended in all four. He won the British Open in 17. He was the 54-hole leader at the British in 18. And after that, he barely contended again. Mm. Um, like in, in since the 2019 PGA, where he finished third, which is now almost two years ago, he really had not been a contender in any tournament until until this spring this or this winter finally got it going at uh, phoenix where he was the uh 54 hole leader and he finished fourth there and the next week he finished third at pebble beach and he was fourth at bay hill you know it finally started finding some form i mean he was he was he missed the cut at tory pines in january and he had dropped to 92nd in the world mm. and you know he's had putting issues he disclosed a couple of weeks ago that he um, he hurt his thumb uh, in 2018 or his hand, I guess, his hand. He had some sort of a bone issue in his hand that he mm-hmm. did not get fixed. And he tried to sort of just play around it. And his coach was, was, uh, was sort of advocating a grip change that he didn't want to do because it hurt. And so he didn't do it. And so then, you know, he started, you know, he was, his driving accuracy was like 190th on tour. His, you know, everybody thinks of his putting, but really his iron play is his strength and he wasn't Mm -hmm. hitting greens and, you know, it all added up to bad scores and not contending, you know, and, and, but he, you know, he's only 27. It's crazy. (laughs) He's only 27 and he, you know, he stuck with his team. He didn't fire his coach or his caddy or his trainer or his agent or his, you know, the psychologist or whatever else he's got on his, on his, in his entourage. He stuck with them all and he decided, look, it's on me. I got to get through this. And, and he did, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, he was telling us yesterday, I'm really not back to where I was. You know, I've got a long way to go to get back to that. It's just nice to have some putts go in. It's nice to have some success and some, get some confidence. Yeah, we'll see if that confidence can carry into this weekend. Although it's you know hard to win back-to-back tournaments, much less one of those being the Masters. Um, one of the greatest golfers in the world, and, and we chatted just a little bit briefly before this podcast, uh, is Justin Thomas. You you like him in this tournament. You like him in any tournament, right? But it seems like um, you've said that uh, you know he he gets he's he gets better at this golf course every time he plays it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, he's kind of slowly but surely, um, you know, gotten better. He's his his the thing with him is he's he's not putted well enough, um, and he'll tell you that that's been his thing. And um, and he's sort of slowly but surely, you know, some people it takes a little while to figure this place out. Um, there is there is a, a learning curve at Augusta. It's such an intricate course. Um, that, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a little time. There's a reason why first timers usually don't win. In fact, it's been very rare. Um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, he's, 
he's uh, slowly but surely been figuring it out. I mean, he was fourth in November. He was T12 in 19, T17 before that. Every year, um, he's you know this is his sixth Masters. Every each of the first first five, he's gotten better every year. And you know, he just won the Players Championship, which is a course where you've got to be a good iron player, really good second shot. Augusta is a second shot course. Need to you need to you know obviously you want to drive it well too but it's really about where do you put that ball with your second shot to these greens and and he's certainly got the ability to do that. The player that uh, you said we should watch is John Rahm. Uh, I guess his wife recently delivered a baby, so that's out of his head. Um, right? You know, Rahm's another guy. Tell me about his game, where it's at right now, and um, just uh, you know why you like him this weekend. I just think he's got a game suited to this place. You know, mm. some guys are. I mean, Dustin Johnson's that way too. And mm-hmm. early early on, it was a mystery why he didn't do better. Um, you know, the, he's played at ten, Dustin Johnson's played it ten times, and the first five times he wasn't close. And then now the last five times he's been in the top ten every time, including a win and a second. And I think Rom has 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 sort of grasped it quicker. He's had three top tens and four starts, and uh, you know, I think that's a, a good sign. Like he. He knows what to do here already. He hits it long, he hits it far. He's, you know, he's a young guy. Only ranked. He's already what third in the world. Um, one last fall has contended a couple times this year already. So mm-hmm. if he's like got his head in the right place after his wife just had a baby, if he views that as a relief rather than, you know, he's stressed by it, then then I think he's got a great chance. I think he would have been way more stressed if he'd because he had said he'll, you know, he would leave. So like she was supposed to be due um, like next Monday. And so he was ready to leave uh, if, you know, on a moment's notice if need be. And I would think that would be distracting and, and it would have been harder to play. But now, you know, that should be uh, that should be past him. I don't think he's missed any tournaments due to it. And, uh, you know, I kind of I kind of like him. Well, there's lots of uh, former champions part of the field, too. I'm just glad that, that we're going to have the Masters where it's supposed to be in April. The course will look beautiful. And Bob Herrig is there. Bob on ESPN.com, tell me what you're working on that we can look forward to. Uh, actually, I just talked, just wrote something about what we were talking about, the um, you know the different course conditions, mm-hmm. um, how it's going to be different from November, how it's going to be different over the last several years. That's it's not been that firm the last few years. Uh, right. That's due to, you know, typically usually due to weather. Um, mm-hmm. And now we've got a chance for that, at least, if the, if any kind of weather holds off. I did a big piece on, on DeChambeau, Bryson DeChambeau. Um, he's, right. you know, he's a different different cat. <laughs> he approaches <laughs> it different, you know. And, uh, uh, and uh, look, you know, kind of looking forward to seeing what he brings because he hits it so far and he's worked so hard at trying to do that. So uh, it, uh, it should be fun. Dude, I watched him on the practice tees, and I swear to you, it was like I know he lifts weights and he got big, right, to, to create this, this, this head, you know, golf swing speed. But it, it looked exhausting to me. It looked like a guy who was working out as opposed to trying to play golf. I've never seen anything like this guy uh, practice on the tees. It's unbelievable. He was doing this drill where uh, where he had the uh, – he had 
he would hit a, a drive every 10 seconds. Mm. And, you know, it was like, he was like the caddy was down there teeing him up and he would just in rapid fire go <laughs> and, but, and swing with all his might. And it, it'd be like, you know, you'd, you'd be gasping for breath and on the ground after about six of them, you know, and, and I mean, he's just, he just got a different look at it, you know, I'm really, usually, uh, um, uh, you know, the thought had always been in golf that you didn't want to get too muscular. Yeah. You know, flexibility was everything. But, man, he put a lot of thought into it with the trainer and all kinds of people. He didn't just start eating. That's part of the story. I wrote. He didn't just start, you know, having six protein shakes a day and eating two steaks and all the things that he was doing to gain weight and get bigger. Like he they thought that out and they had this plan to prepare him. And I remember when he talked about it, like in the fall of 19. Uh, that he said, look, I'm going to, I'm going away for a while. And I'm going to be putting on about 25 pounds before we see you next. And everybody looked at him like, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? You know? And <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> sure enough, man, the guy, and you know what, for the most part, it's worked. He leads a tour in driving distance. Um, you know, he wasn't anywhere close before that. It was probably 25th on tours like that. And, um, you know, hits these rocket moonshots out there now, of course, he's the first to admit there's other parts to it. You know, you got to you got to hit your hit your approach shots in the right place. You got to make putts. You got to be able to chip. And uh, when he can do all that, he's got a great chance. A lot easier when you're uh, chipping from 75 yards and the other guy's you know 125 <laughs> yards away. But uh, no but question, it's been, it's been fascinating to watch. He's Bob Herrick. You can read him on ESPN dot com com and a good friend bob thanks so much enjoy your week at the masters thanks rick take care my thanks to bob harry the uh, rays are off today as we mentioned they will open against the yankees on friday the lightning are at columbus again if they see if they can snap their two-game losing streak they've lost five out of seven columbus has uh always been a, a tough out for them but they need to need to get some goals i mean they, they're in a little bit of a scoring drought right now so they got to turn that around And on tomorrow's podcast, my former radio partner, Tom Jones, will join us for Friday. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.